Um, I do want to say, uh, while we're being recorded here at the timestamp we're at, um, last oh my God, week, this is being recorded. Last week we did a pretty, I did a pretty hard goof on our main man Django Boren um, as our cold intro. Oh yeah. And I just want to go on record and and say that was just some gentle, friendly ribbing. I love Django, and nobody approached us to say that the podcast that he's not on are the good ones. Listen, that was just us <laughs> dealing with the fact that he's not here. That was me dealing with it. So Django, I'm apologizing to you. I love you. I always want you on these podcasts. Listen, Django, I'm committing to this bit. Okay, never mind. You, <laughs> you are garbage. I'm glad you're gone. Yeah, I stand by everything I said. Even though... Well, well, nah, well, you you got to backpedal a little yeah, bit. There was one bit of backpedal. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll backpedal on whatever that was. i got to remain silent. I'm still fresh. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, true. That's yeah, true. No. Django, you, yeah, you just one bad day and he'll take you out. <laughs> he'll yeah. take you out. I need to meet you at Rickshaw, uh, common common ground where uh, you will make a scene and I can fire you. That's mm, does. Rickshaw is his firing oh. place. Is that, that's where he fired me. Brayden, you're doing that thing where you're Dr. Manhattan and you can see the future. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, when I get back, i got to take Brayden to Rickshaw and get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> he told me I had a garbage voice and garbage voice. <laughs> On the podcast in front of invisible, possibly listening people. Not that anyone out there is invisible. Listen. Or listen. i gotta, I got to take that goof back, too. Trevor, do you want to you want to read? Do you want to tell us anything about this year wine? You want to read a description of the bottle? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Welcome to a wine night. You get the what do you got here? Uh, for our red, we've got a Berticellin Wineries Cabernet Franc, 2012. Oh, God, I like that. Columbia Valley, and we also have a Chardonnay from Yakima Valley. I got these free off of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got free boat wine. Boat wine. Sweet. Boat wine. Ain't nothing better than boat wine. Oh. Tip a little bit. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Comics Place podcast, uh, Bellingham's premier comic book podcast. Premier acceptable podcast. Premier acceptable, <laughs> acceptably premier Premierly podcast. acceptable. Uh, where every week we ga- go out, gather a bunch of books, bring them back here, count them, sort them, file them away, grab the stuff that we're real, real excited about. Sometimes they have butts, sometimes they don't. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we go into our safe spaces and we read the books that we're excited about. Sometimes we bring new people into the podcast to talk about it with us. We come back here. We gather under one single unified comics place perfectly acceptable tent in the sanctum sanctorum of this podcast and we uh engage in conversation and tangents uh either related to the comics the shop that we run or the comings and goings of our lives nailed it (laughs) uh i'm jeff and i kill the intro i'm brayden and i didn't kill anyone i swear (laughs) I'm, i'm roman i also didn't kill anybody I'm Trevor, and I plead the fifth. Oh, <laughs> God, a lot of really conspicuous folk in here. Uh, yeah. um, we were all together on that night in question, so we're all clear. Yeah. yeah. You could you could separate us and all ask us. Listen, I swear Django's coming back. And I'm sure we'll have the same story. Yeah. <laughs> we better. sure Django's coming back. Um, Trevor, who are you? What, what are you doing Trevor, here? tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Trevor, what's up? Oh, what up? Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm one of the newer hires here, and I 
you know, just fell in love with fell in love with the store about a year ago. When, when was the first time you came into this shop? Did you did you love? Tell me about loving comic books. Have you always loved comic um, books? I've always loved superheroes okay. and stuff. There was no comic store where I grew up, um, my little town. But that was Aberdeen, Washington. Oh, oh, I love yeah. Aberdeen. Great. I've never been there. <laughs> great. I don't... Yeah, I oh, don't. I've never been there. I just love the name Aberdeen. Great location, great place. Uh, a lot of potential there. It's a diamond in the rough. Um, I slept in a Walmart parking lot there about a yeah, year and a half. Except Walmart's now. just a poison. It's taken over everything. <laughs> That's the X-Men crossover? That's yeah. taking place there? Yeah. At Walmart? <laughs> At Aberdeen Walmart. Uh, Song by Alice Cooper? Uh, I mean, I grew up watching all the superhero shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything from, like, the old Super Friends, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, the old, like, 90 flat, like, the old 90s Flash Mm. Um, the the live action one, yeah. Oh, John Wesley's ship. John yep. ship. Yeah, I was so excited when he was in the CW oh, yeah. one. I forget about Super Friends, but that was on Cartoon Network. Oh yeah, yeah. it usually gets overshadowed by Justice League. I feel like, but Super Friends, was Super great. Friends was great. Yeah. The Wonder, the Wonder Twins, the Wonder, yeah, Wonder Twins? Twins, always wanted to make a comeback. The, yeah. That they still have Doom it. was my favorite shit, and I always yeah. loved that. Like there was kind of a different smattering of villains in it. I feel like yeah. so sometimes you're like, oh man, Black Manta and. Captain Cold and Solomon Grundy, Cheetah, oh, Cheetah, so good, good. Just, Joker yeah. was there sometimes. I think sometimes. Oh, wow. wow, yeah, so. spooky. Loved watching all those shows. Had like a bunch of action figures of all the superheroes. Just would always fight them together, make up my own stories. Uh, what was your what favorite action figures to be getting there? Uh, my top three that I always keep around was a Human Torch, Gotta. a mm. Silver Surfer, Gotta. and oh. yeah, and a Wolverine. Mm. Of course, was it the one that had the arms that? Yep. <laughs> that was yeah. so cool. I, had, I had a couple other ones, but um, always wanted to collect comics, but wasn't really sure when I could jump in, and I was always so worried about like where to jump in. But then, yeah, one fine June last year, uh, a good buddy of mine and I stumbled into a comic store mm. uh, on the street uh, before you guys relocated, and we told ourselves after after going in one or two times just just to browse, <laughs> we would we would allow one comic each. Was it Colton? <laughs> Start a hobby. It was it was my good friend Colton. Okay. Uh, salt of Shout the out Colton Dion. Uh, you're, you're my boy. Salt of the earth. Love you to death. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got to buy more comics. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we agreed one each. I got Flash and he got Batman. And then a week later, I got Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Green Arrow, Green <laughs> Lantern. So and you got, that was a good spread of them. Yeah, yeah. And it just kept going from there. And he got all the bat family over and over now i have a job here you let a bull into a china shop oh <laughs> congratulations we'd love having you here man i'm super happy to be here so i guess none of that was technically a spoiler because that was sort of an intro i mean if you're waiting to find out more about trevor until you meet him yeah maybe technically a spoiler maybe if you would have rather so i should have given you a spoiler warning before we introduced trevor because that was a little bit, you know, seeing behind the kimono. Oh, yeah. Uh, part of the kimono. <laughs> Ripping <but>, that kimono. <laughs> but, uh, There's another kimono under there. <laughs> it's just a kimono <laughs> under the kimono. Um, but we are going to be talking about the books that we are reading, and the books that we're reading we'll be talking about, and giving away the content that's within those books. So if you're particularly worried about a content being spoiled from you, um, I would say pause it, turn it off, you know, go down to the comics place, get some books, read the books, come back, we'll be here, we love you, we'll be here. I'm looking at Roman, nothing is more reassuring than looking at Roman right now. <laughs> um, first, I guess let's kick this thing off by talking about Lazaretto number three by Clay McLeod Chaplin, illustrated by Jay LeVang. This is a book that's been coming out from Boom, and number three... Of I think five? Yeah, and... 
Brayden, we read this. Trevor, you read this one. Roman, you didn't read this? I didn't read it. Was it too scary? I just I haven't read any of Lazaretto. Oh, you haven't read any I'm, of I'm it? looking forward to you guys telling me about I it. Oh, I'm, I'm Tra- very Trevor curious. just dove into issue three. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, oh, wow. I, I, I missed the memo. Most okay, so what did you think? Yeah. I I mean, most of what I knew from when you guys talked about the first ones on the podcast was there was some kind of epidemic in a college setting, and they're all kind of locked in there. I thought it was just going into it very, like, kind of, like, very grim because, I mean, they're, mm-hmm, like, you've got mm-hmm. some of them that are clearly more, like, still have their sanity going on, and they're just trying to get out, and then you've got, like, I mean, nobody's explaining anything to them until, like, one guy does. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the people are just kind of just losing it. I mean... Yeah. The RA in this is, I mean... A horrible, horrible person. man. Just not a great dude. Ooh, you were an RA. I was. I was <laughs> like, wow, that's kind of almost similar to one of the RAs that we did have. That Tom, got did, did the power go to their head? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So you, did you like it just going into the Yeah, you know, I'm definitely one curious to see what happens more Like after this. I'm, I would definitely want to keep reading it just because it was very, very like dark and like that doesn't show like how they're going to resolve this right now yeah. and i love the, the ending was just made me curious what's going to happen next it was For like a sure. great cliffhanger a thing that i think is super interesting about this book is that it is like you said super super grim but mm-hmm. the art is like really gritty and mm-hmm. gross but also like kind of cartoony mm-hmm. it's like, still pretty colorful i mean it's the dark colors but are the colors are really really nice um and I don't. It does not have the colorist listed on here. It might just be just, the artist. Yeah, as well. it does say illustrated. So I, I wonder who's doing the colors, or if it is just because they're like the colors really do add a lot to it. But it's it's gross. The amount of blood and expelled fluid in this book is blood and profound. Spit and oh, lightning! <laughs> lightning, <laughs> electricity. <laughs> so you just got this virus. Everybody's ectoplasm. Getting, we're starting to progress to the third stage, and it means that like people are spitting in each other's mouths and giving this horrible blood festival to one another. Yeah, I was confused at, like, one of the parts, though, because there's this one dude that's hanging out here, and all of a sudden he gets grabbed by a bunch of people who are talking crazy, and, like, right here on this panel, like, are they spitting into him? Or are they, yeah, they're, are they spitting into him? they're spitting into his mouth, and then but they it looks like him? they're drooling it. Like, they're holding his mouth open, and it seems like more of a drool, so and I like heard a- the word spit, and I, I felt like that didn't quite... So it's like a loogie. Just yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not sure if they're just trying to like spread the virus or trying to like get them ready to eat. Or, or <laughs> here, first we're gonna split in your mouth, and then you gotta eat. Yeah, that was, so we're gonna bring you some food. I think that was the only hiccup I had with this issue uh, in terms of confusion. I guess I was a little confused about what's her name's dog ghost. Or whatever. Oh, the ghost dog? I like that. So I liked like, it. I didn't understand, but I, get, I don't think I was supposed to because it was like weird hallucinations. Yeah, we're just getting some weird virus. hallucinations. Yeah, so, and I noticed some other people when it like, alluded that going back, just like they were, it seems like a lot of them are starting to hallucinate. Was mm-hmm. that something that mm-hmm. happened in the first two issues? Not really, but we had this cool double page spread in this one that it illustrates the, the progression of the disease, and it says phase three, unknown at this time. So I like the idea that as time is going forward, uh, they're getting worse and worse. It is, it feels like more time has gone by in these three issues than I think actually has. I think it's actually just been like yeah, a day I think or two. I think it was like the, the day after that party. Like yeah. The morning. So yeah. that flow is a little a little strange. They're, they're putting a lot of time into not a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Glass far it looks like only this, uh, this main dude is the one not getting sick. I feel like everyone else is going down the drain. So as I was reading it, um, I was thinking to myself, like, it seems like a 
it seems like a, a problem that they're not able to call their parent. Like, why not just call somebody? Call 911, call. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the issue, it comes up that they've been trying to do that, but they can't get, like, every phone line is busy. So there's, like, there's a larger problem outside of this place that we don't yeah. know what it is yet. But the fact that this school is isolated and we think that we're stuck in this school, I think that we're going to find out that there's something larger going on out mm-hmm. there. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really spooked out by what's going on inside the store and inside the uh, the school. Mm-hmm. It's upsetting and hard to read, but like, I, it also leaves me very just like, what's going on with the rest of the world? Like, I I know as little as they do. Mm-hmm. Like, and just really interested in like how it works because, like you said, if it, if they're fitting a lot of time into little time, mm-hmm. if it happens in just one day, that's just insane. Thinking about just from what I read, like how crazy people are going yeah. off the bat from this virus. Can you imagine like watching people degrade this much over a day? Yeah. Like, I talked to you two hours ago and you Same. and I talked about poetry and now you're eating spitting in my mouth. Mm. I mean, do they have Wi-Fi at least? They can't get <laughs> signals in and out. <laughs> That's the problem. They're just drawing <laughs> crayons on those health health nodes. <laughs> this now. is what's happening. Oh man, you guys, I I'm gonna I'm gonna rock this one at uh, a seven point five. I think that it is really good. Um not a lot of new stuff happened in this. It did feed the plot along. It seemed like a really solid, like, issue three out of five. Um, the art is still great. I think the pacing's done well. I don't know anything from these creators. It didn't... Nothing really new happened in this, which is why I'm going to say 7.5 and not, like, something like an 8 or an 8.5, which is maybe what I would give it if I was just checking in on it. But that's that's where I'm sitting. What about you, Reader Boys? I'll give it an 8. Uh, I thought... I don't know. I've I've always appreciated the art, but I think this issue, especially with some of these uh, single page spreads, yeah. are really cool. Um, and I like that the the two main characters are firmly like allied together now. And I'm curious. Like I I like both of them, mm-hmm. so I care about them, and I want. It's it it took it took me in that way. I'm a big character guy, and they've done that well, and they've thrown these characters I care about into a horrible setting that I want them to get out of. What about you, T. Ronnie? Um, just jumping into issue three, I would probably give it a six point five. It did a great job of getting me interested. Um, the art was really cool, so I definitely want to find out what's happening more. Hey, Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read Captain America's six ninety five this week. <clears throat> yeah. Huh? And when I was reading it. This was one of those books that made me, like, real jazzed on comic books and reminded me of you and I and, and, um, you know, just sitting at the old, old store like three years ago talking about comic books. Yeah, yeah. Because we're like Captain America and Bucky? (laughs) You and I, yeah. (laughs) This is uh, Captain America 695, the first issue of the new Legacy relaunch by Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Um, Just that, like... It was just like good guy being good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- there's been a lot of talk lately about how Marvel, Marvel's you know crap in the bed and they don't have great titles anymore. This is a great Marvel title, and there's other ones like Black Bolt that we'll get to, and Silver Surfer that they had. But this this is a classic Marvel book. It was all right. <laughs> I, I, as I was reading it, I was singing to both you boys, and I was like, Roman is loving this, and I bet Braden is absolutely neutral on this. But I had something in the canister to respond to that, so I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 in no, response to, to what I perceived as Braden's oh, maybe okay. feelings about it. Um, but yeah, the good guy, I mean, Cap, I mean, his main theme of this issue is, I mean, it's a little simplistic, and I, you can argue the weakness in this, because he's talking about this, the strong protect the weak, which... 
the problem I had with that was, well, yeah, but like neo-Nazi groups, they consider themselves strong. In their head, they're doing what's right, just yeah, like Cap that, is saying. That ideology <laughs> he was preaching hard didn't quite sit super well with me. There, but. yeah, I was picking holes in it too. I was like, well, what if the smallest person is wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we all defending this wrong? And like this little boy here, like are you, you're just reinforcing his weakness. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, what's like you don't see him growing up at the party later when Cap comes back, being <laughs> like, hey, I'm weak still. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I don't know. It, I, I, I it was it that. was well intentioned, I'm sure, I, by Cap and Mark. But I I looked at the flashback from the ten years earlier part as I oh, mean yeah. just coming out of the ice as being part of I mean that time that era is like the, yeah. thing, the mentality and i definitely did as well and so, i yeah for the 10 years later i know he kind of alluded back to it again saying the strong protect the weak but i they didn't really go into it much and i didn't really see that same kind of thought mentality that he had in the past as much because they didn't explore it as much so i mean for me i was inferring that i mean yeah a lot like he probably like his core who he is stays the same but overall i'm sure he's had a lot of changes and how he sees things, and it definitely probably I didn't see him coming across when he said the strong protect the weak, and is like towards the end is the same as him when he first made a reappearance because it did seem kind of just like oh, come on man. <laughs> I'm right, so attack. so in love with Chris Somney's art, which is oh yeah oh I mean that's that it, yeah that's what I was reading this book for like right. I fucking loved it. I do think that Captain America is kind of the only other character besides Superman that reminds me that nothing is cooler than being a good person. Mm. And Braden, I, I like that you brought that up because you're right. Like in reinforcing weakness is a problem. And I think that like we do that, like we make in trying to be courageous or in trying to be helpful. We oftentimes like minimize other people and you're right. Like emphasizing like the bigger protect the weak. And you can look at it on a literal level or just like a strength level, or you can look at it on like a moral or an, and there's some holes, yeah, in that ideology. Yeah. I, but I, I do just love that idea of like, just be good. And like, Cap yeah. is just dropping in, like, be good, you guys. Like, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that's a thing that I really miss, and that's a thing that Captain America has not had in like years. And and I do think that this follows on like Mark Wade and these Chris Somney like reinventing Daredevil after being so dark so he's sort of yeah. like I'll do that now and there was a little bit of like even before like Nick Spencer like Rick Remender's Captain America one which, which I liked was pretty dark pretty dark like Cap's been pretty even like back to like the Winter Soldier stuff Cap's pretty dark so it, it's really nice to have somebody who's good at shedding light into it uh, did you guys read the text page? I did mm-hmm. that was great because Mark Wade really summed it up in there um it's possibly a good guy, not because you need to exercise some personal demons or because you're expecting some reward, but because life is just better when I watch your back and you watch mine. And that that was the vibe I really think he was trying to capture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also th- this last part that he says is the core of Captain America. You have the, if you have the ability to help, then you have the responsibility because everybody ultimately benefits. Life isn't fair, but people can strive to be, and we're all better for it when we do. Do you feel like that gets a little bit close to Superman or Spider-Man's ethos? Of oh, yeah. Power and responsibility? Yeah. Oh, Definitely. Uh, I give this one an 8.5. There is a lot of, like, Captain America stories out there, and I think that in the last, like, 10 years, they've explored some of the darker stuff with him, even back to, like, the Winter Soldier stuff, which Mm. is phenomenal, but it is very, like, Cap in a hard spot. Um, I think it's really nice to give Cap, like, here, be a really good guy again, because I do think that that's kind of lost now, and I also think that, like, right now, 
2017, like, what does it mean to give a fuck about Captain America? You know, does mm-hmm. it feel like it's patriotic? Or, and I think that, we, you know, Mark Wade's really taking an intentional stance of, like, you can like Captain America and it cannot be a pro-America thing. It's, like, the yeah. foundational ideas that this place, was, you know, is about. Uh, so, yeah, 8.5, I, I really like it. But, honestly, Chris Somney, like, damn, Chris mm-hmm. Somney. Like, he drew his ass yeah. off here. And yeah. watch, go on YouTube and watch a video of this guy doing art. He paints negative space before like line work he's he's absolutely this is what superhero comics should be in my mind mm. yeah uh, i'm gonna go with the six i i get really really hung up on creators um and i've had some issues with mark wade lately which i feel weird and i don't, don't want to like call anyone out or his like, personal like, life like his online persona is yeah. very different it's and so that's and i I always get super critical of like any writer like that when i'm reading the dialogue Mm -hmm. but i love 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 chris on this art Mm -hmm. like all the time um and that's like and the like the story line in this was fine it was it was it was fine um (laughs) it was perfectly acceptable the art was phenomenal and like I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna keep reading every issue, but I'm definitely gonna be looking through every issue mm. that comes out because fuck, Captain looks good. T. Roddy, what did you? What, what? Give me a number here. I give it a seven. The art mm-hmm. really grabbed me. The story. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it was still really good. And I, I see what you were all saying, and I definitely agree with like the strong versus the strong protect the weak. That wasn't the the right message to give for Cap as who he is, but it's got my interest i i want to like brain i want to keep looking and seeing more of it because it it definitely got me interested in seeing what steve rogers does now and like reestablishing himself so i'm excited rome daddy um i'll probably also give it a eight eight point five yeah because there there was part of it for me and it's interesting i was thinking about well Cap's a product of World War II, you know, and maybe that feeds in a little bit of that strong protect the weak. But then I was thinking about a story I read years ago where Cap talked about how, like, I don't know, if the French resistance or whatever, they weren't weak. They were, like, fierce fighters, and they did, you know, all this stuff, and then he didn't consider them weak. So I was like, that doesn't really fit any of them. But, any, but anyway, one thing I'm looking forward to this is it reminds me of – some of the similar period in American history right after Watergate with Nixon and Steve Englehart's Captain America comics of yeah. that era where Cap first became Nomad, the man without a country because mm-hmm. he was that. so disappointed in our government that he gave up being Captain America oh, and continued the fight as his own identity. Yeah, there was ever a time to become disappointed in your own government. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm like, okay, cool. This is, another, this is a way for Wade to do kind of a similar journey except he's not going to give up being Captain America. He's going to show how America should be what can it strive for and regain you know his reputation and remind people why america could maybe be great again. despite uh, our government uh, i was about to make that joke too is make cap great again <laughs> <laughs> careful boys <laughs> so you yeah so i mean moving right along here Woo. fancy free muppet movie style uh this is a cover that we know roman likes because he just said he really this, likes this it. norman rockwell style spidey and jonah sitting down to dinner cover you're a big jonah fan right I'm a big Spidey in general, but Jonah, yeah. Though there is, it, during this issue, maybe I should, I'll just say it now. One thing I've never figured out, and it was really highlighted in this just by the lack of any explanation of it, how J. Jonah Jameson is supposed to be like this experienced journalist all these mm-hmm. years. 
How come he's never, especially when Spider-Man lifts his mask to eat, how come he doesn't recognize Peter Parker's jawline? He doesn't recognize Peter Parker's smile. He doesn't recognize Peter Parker's voice. I have an answer for that. What is wrong with Joe? I have an answer for that. <laughs> Comic books. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> um, this issue is Joe, J. Jonah Jameson uh, makes lasagna and wine for Spider-Man and tries to have an interview with him only for them to have a real heart-to-heart conversation because these two guys are basically family at this point from all of their yeah. relationships, mm-hmm. non-Spider-Man related, but also... They've spent so much time as Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson, so um, you get this really in- just an interesting com- like conversation. The whole issue, yeah, it's it's fast, and yeah, all the families. I mean, because Jonah's son became the Man Wolf, one of Spider-Man's villain. Uh, uh, Jonah's father married Pete's aunt. The animated series <laughs> would tell you that his son is the one that brought the Venom symbiote to Earth, and Spider-Man oh, right. saving him is what caused him to become Venom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite episodes of that original series. Shit, I like this. It's a great issue. It, I, it wasn't, I haven't read it. Yeah, I'm it just wasn't looking at it because usually it's pretty funny. This title and I read it often first it because it's good for a laugh, some old-fashioned Spider-Man laughs. But this issue, it was very touching because they really get in some real heartfelt, like emotional core. <gasps> What's wrong with our relationship? Why do you hate me? Why do you hate yourself? You know, yeah. Yeah, it's, and that part, which we're not going to spoil wow. that. Let's not spoil what? that one. Unfortunately, that's huge. the news and internet spoiled oh, really? it about a week ago. See, I don't... Ah, oh, stupid internet. Okay, so if I, you've avoided all that mega spoiler... Yeah, mega spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Roman? Spectacular spoiler. What's that mega spoiler, Roman? Oh, I don't want to say it. Oh, that's, I don't want to be responsible Peter for Dunn it. comes out to J. Jonah. <laughs> and they kiss. As Spider-Man. <laughs> no, he, he takes his mask off. You choose the um, And it's cool that, again, has already happened when Civil War happened. He took his mask off, but all of that oh. was undone. Yeah. So basically, J. Jonah kind of breaks breaks down during this conversation and realizes he has nothing left. And Spider-Man kind of realizes that one of the things that he has left is this relationship that they have. And... And Peter Parker's role in J. Jonah Jameson's life. Mm. Um, and so he takes his mask off, and they they done buddy up. Well, kind of. Kind of, maybe. My complaint about this issue is I wish that... That they don't kiss. That, <laughs> I wish that they would have kissed. My complaint about the issue is that they didn't really let that moment breathe enough. Like, mm. I, I feel like they he didn't. took his mask off. They gave and they the had page. this wonderful conversation. And I would have loved, like, three more pages. Like, yeah. let that moment breathe a little bit more. But as it turns out, because Jameson had said on his blog that has a ton of readers that Spider-Man was going to be having an interview with him, like, a bunch of government people come in and, and crash the party. And I haven't been reading these last couple of issues, but Roman was like, Jeff, you should read this. And when Roman recommends a Spider-Man issue, you know that it's important because <laughs> Roman thinks of himself as a young Peter Parker. Really? And oh, it's important God, to remember that. Jeez. He um, does. He does. Two I, things I'm picking I, up. I uh, only strive for that. Uh, Jonah's got a, a Spider-Man mug with a big uh, circle and cross oh, yeah. through it, which is great. <laughs> I want one of those. Uh, also, the <laughs> subtitle on his website, threatsandmenaces.com, is Truth You Can Trust mm-hmm. by J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Uh, Trevor, what do you think about this? Do you read Spider-Man much? What's your? I I don't. I reserve Spider-Man as the only spider that I'll ever like. (laughs) Not a big fan of spiders. Um, But I mean, I grew up watching the Spider-Man TV shows. Um, What was the one with uh, Iceman, Spider-Man? Spider-Man is amazing amazing friends. I missed out on that one. Firestar. I only watched the nineties one. Yeah, that was like eighties, right? Yeah. Oh, I, think so. I bought I think that so, yeah. VHS tape through a book order from my kindergarten class, and it was a lizard episode, and the VHS was warped. They sold you VHSs wa- in 
In a book order. Yes. I had to get my, my superhero VHSs from Pizza Hut. Man, I Pizza didn't. Hut. Man, I bought all my X Men animated series VHSs from an XL grocery store that was going out of business <laughs> in the video section, and I bought like eight one episode VHS tapes oh that my were like God. I had all. You don't have them anymore. I spent. I got, I got rid of everything that was precious to me when I when I left. <laughs> we had a when video store next Sorry. to my house when one of my houses when I was a kid, and I just spent paper out money to go rent like old animated like Spider Mans and different stuff. So, but as far as the comics go, I have a tough time jumping in because there's so many different Spider-Mans. Oh, God, yeah. And it makes me nervous. Same problem I have with X-Men, but I've always associated Jonah Jameson as being this antagonistic person to Peter Parker, and that it's always been like this butting of heads. So when I heard that you may or may not have cried, (laughs) cannot speak for, cannot speak for Roman, uh, talking to Roman, pointing at Roman, um, I had to take a look at this and... I choked up because, uh, yeah, it, like oh, I saw I the I saw the first I saw the first flashback leading to Jonah Jameson's like breakdown. I was like, I'm like they're gonna do it. Like they're gonna pull this. <laughs> they're off. gonna kiss. They're gonna they're gonna they're kiss. Finally, those two are finally gonna uh, kiss. Yeah, I'm gonna read this and I'm not gonna cry. I'm gonna feel like a monster. <laughs> for for that to like, I, there's not many comics that I've read so far that have really brought me to like get choked up and emotionally like like caught up in the moment, especially for one that I've never like really went out of my way to read. But for Spider-Man to do that, and like with the history that I know of the two, it, oh man, really, really good. I wanted it. To, I wanted it to keep going. Like, yeah, mm. for sure. And and this even like reminds me of just Captain America, which we were just talking about. Which it comes down to that moment of like Spider-Man and Captain America have a really similar ethos. If you're gonna adopt that previous issue's ethos, which is just like if you have the ability to help somebody, if you can be there for somebody, do it. And in this moment, Spider-Man realized that like. Jonah is like damaged and what he can do is take this hateful relationship between he and Spider-Man away by showing him that he's related to people that he loves he knows who I am he knows me like that he can that he showing Jonah I trust you yeah and yeah that that like this was as much that Captain America issue to me as, mm. as anything else. This this was uh, an instance of like superheroes being truly, truly super. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I give it a nine. Whoa, uh, ten out of ten. I love the kiss scene. <laughs> <laughs> Big old smooch. One of them was upside down. Was, oh. oh my god! <laughs> better, than, better than Mary Jane. Mm, absolutely, it was upside down. Yeah. What do you guys? Roman. Oh, uh, f- yeah, nine point five. Mm. Just Ooh. and would have been a ten, except yeah, I thought the guys bursted the authorities bursting at the end. I was like, oh, come on, put that off for another page. Yeah. Because at first I thought Ship. when Spidey noticed the laptop and the blog was up, I was like, oh no, Jonah wasn't like live streaming this, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that too. <laughs> Whoops. They all know now. This is yeah. like Civil War, but less oh, impactful. Man. Um, I need to have to get Doctor Strange to rev- erase everyone's yeah. memory again. <laughs> he can't do that anymore. What are you two, no, Roddy? It's a one-time thing. I'm going to give it a nine. Mm. It caught me off guard. I've never read a Spider-Man. Yeah, emotionally, like, so real, like, real emotion that came out of it to me that I took away from it. Better than than Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Take it back. (laughs) Tobey. Wow, this this is your first podcast, your first Captain America, your first Spider-Man. I've been shying away from Marvel so much, but that really, because I've been such a big DC person because of Rebirth, this really got me... Mm like excited so yeah these two comics this week made me think oh man marvel's getting back on track good 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 is this book shipping twice a month 
I think this one is monthly. Okay. This has yeah, only been... So. Has it been sure. six months? Sorry, I don't know where this came from. Um, th- Marvel does a thing where their first, like, four issues are generally double-shipped, and then they go to monthly, but this might be double-shipped. I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. I, I, I feel like that might be one reason why I haven't kept up with for it, because it's yeah. so frequent. Guys, did we all read Black Bolt? Yeah. Yep. Did everybody yep. read Black Bolt? Oh, man, did we... we got a, so pretty. We got a new issue yeah. of Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Number seven. This one is Saladin Ahmed, who has done uh, this whole volume. And then we have a guest artist in Fraser Irving, who is not the normal artist of Christian Is this War. a guest? Is he going to be... Is says, the next one back to the old guy? It says guest artist. It says guest okay, artist. Okay, it says guest. Okay, okay, okay. He did some pages in a previous issue, number five. Because I, I like the artist uh, from, the, from the last four issues. Five. Yeah, so this... But I like this. I like Fraser too. I really like this uh, issue. I really like this artist. He did some stuff in, like, the Grant Morrison um, Batman and Robin run. Uh-huh. And he's done... Oh, man, he did Annihilator by Grant Morrison. Mm, yeah. So he's somebody who, who's Morrison's worked with. And he does real psychedelic nightmare like whoops a daisies you took too much acid enjoy the dark corner um like that's you, what his you art. floated through space for too long <laughs> exactly um yeah i don't know that i liked it as much as the other artists but it's it's an equally weird art yeah but i mean it's kind of odd because he's in a very less trippy setting like i mean he's he's flying through space and like space stuff is happening and dreams are coming to life but like Compared to the prison they were in, that oh, was man. yeah, that was all kinds of trippy stuff. That was yeah, really fun to play with, and yeah. I, I kind of wish this artist had had a chance to have a bigger sandbox for that. I'd mm. let him stay one more night as a guest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> See what he does. I wouldn't kick him out of my bed for eating crackers. No, well, no, I would. Yeah. Animal. <laughs> um, you guys, we had some uh, some very cute lockjaw. I mean. Every oh. time Lockjaw has oh. shown up in this run, uh, I've been very excited. Listen, is uh, everyone go around yes or no? Is Lockjaw the best dog? I, he's certainly the best dog. Yes. Quite possibly the yes. best dog. Look at that face on the cover. So happy. Oh, he's such a good boy. <laughs> I had one moment in this issue that, like, I loved. But, Brayden, do you want to give us a recap real quick just to sort of what this was? Black Bolt has escaped from prison. Yeah. Super prison. It was super bad prison. Oh, yeah. um, Crusher Creel died in the escape, though, and that was super tragic. Allegedly. And listen, yeah, he'll be back. I know you're thinking, like, it couldn't have been that tragic. Crusher Creel? Fuck that guy. <laughs> we, we learned some stuff about him. We got, we got to know him, and it's like that he died. Black Bolt's got a kid with him who's telepathic, got some eyeballs, doesn't know what's up. Um, she was also a prisoner. She's going to be Black Bolt's new kid, I guess. I love that they keep referring to her. Like, I love that she's a she and is absolutely an alien that has no, like, presentable gender. I really like that that's a, that's that's a thing that they're doing. Yeah, she's, she's with Black Bolt now. Um, he's her new dad, and they're going back to Earth, but it's taking a long time because they've got to drop off this big monster they're babysitting that helped them. She starts having some dreams, and... Apparently, her dreams can come to life and attack Black Bull. He's got to deal with that. He's got to deal with these monsters he's dealing with. There's people they kill. It was, it's kind of, it was kind of a fast-paced issue in terms of the plot, mm-hmm. um, which I was a little flustered by. It's got a speaking um, problem too now. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. they they help. Uh, Lockjaw's getting healed up. He comes back and he's, he's such a great out of the hyperbolic. No, he's out of the Saiyan regeneration tank at oh, this point. Oh gosh, yeah, he's ready to take the fight to Frieza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was 
it's basically them journeying back to Earth and having hiccups along the way and dealing with them as they come up. Uh, but by the end, they've killed some people. We've learned about um, this girl's abilities and past a bit. And it ends with them reaching the moon and some lady not being super welcoming to them who is an inhuman i guess to new yeah. adeline i don't know what's going on in royals which yes royals at the end of inhumans prime they um renounce or medusa at least speaking for black bolt and her are renouncing their crown they're pretty much becoming a democracy so they leave that inhuman in charge and i forget her name but i know she, i know like she can like do like concussive blasts and yeah. stuff all i can see uh you there's a small panel at the very end mm -hmm. Of her face, like on a hologram or and something. She's a face. Yeah, and she she looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a sweet um, she's got a sweet like side cut. Mm. She was in Mosaic also as like a oh, love interest. Oh. So oh, okay. she's got that classic half your head shaved and yeah. the other half is long and hanging in front of your opposing eye. I'm about Big it. Fan I'm of about that it. Here. Yeah. I love uh, the Inhumans. They have a society and like I love their ability to just be like wear whatever you want, just whatever <laughs> you think yeah. looks cool, and they all look cool. It was a yeah. rough page um when they start getting like attacked by i don't know they, i don't know if they really explained who was coming at oh, them yeah, yeah the, it was some, but some space authority his, yeah. the monologue of discussing whether or not to like kill those like attackers and the effect they would have on um blinky yeah on the child yeah and and then the after and then the, the effect of going through with that decision and her reaction to that because of her powers mm -hmm. like so oh. just so intense yeah yeah like, so good she's got yeah. two noses she feels it and the way she stresses it like i felt these people yeah. die like yeah. that yeah you're right Trevor. that's a, that was a really yeah great bit like, of God. character work yeah and she Jeez. realized that the only reason it happened is because she pointed out to black bolt <laughs> mm -hmm. what to do and and this big panel uh, well the big panel just shows a close-up yeah. of her head and a couple and some of the eyes are crying not all of them but some mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. most of them it's like wow um, listen, oh, a real hero would have found a way through that without the loss of life, I think. Yeah, they would have beaten up, and they would have, the strong ones would have protected the weak ones. <laughs> he would have used instant transmission to get on their uh, ship and just punch them out. Let's get back to Dragon Ball Z. Listen, he just came out of prison. He's, he's a different man now. <laughs> That's true. He's, That's hard, true. he's hard now. <laughs> That's true. Oh, <laughs> um, Black Bolt. Um, prison what, changed him. My favorite part of the art, uh, Londel the Rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope he shows up again. Is it a he? I don't know. Yeah, I hope, sure. they, I hope, I hope they show up again because okay. they look super, super cool. Super they, creepy. They talked. They talked about that he would throw her in that worm thing. It's like yeah. it eats flesh. Oh yeah, yeah. and like the, the and, and, and just the flesh. Just the just skin. The and flesh. she comes out. She's like, you didn't. You didn't meet this person. No. Oh, did you meet this person? Like this is the second one. And it's like she has these nightmares and she knows them well. Oh, that was such oh. a great idea. That, the that was debt my, worm. That was yeah, the highlight the of the worm. art for me mm. uh, specifically. I, the rest of the book I felt was a. My only problem was it. For the little fast pace, like just. I don't think this guy's art works for a ton of stuff, but yeah, this no, one it works for this. It works for this. Yeah, uh, yeah I give it a, a seven point five. That's I don't. Beautiful. I don't know that I think this is the finest issue in this run, but this is a run of comic books that um, is really good, and it's very much in that wheelhouse of like the Ultimates and yeah. just those Marvel books that you're very scared are about to be canceled. Yeah. So enjoy yeah. the crap out of them now. Yeah, so, perfect yeah. art for the metaphorical journey through space through the psyche oh yeah it's it's, it's it's very good I, I think i'm gonna go with a six and a half on this one um like you said it's very good but it's not like 
amazing or breaking new ground or doing anything crazy different. So I, I, I feel like it's getting kind of overlooked by a lot of people, which is unfortunate, but kind of expected. I, I hope it doesn't end too soon. I'll give it a seven. It's probably my favorite Inhumans thing that's coming out right now, and I hope it keeps going longer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I liked it. It's good. Room Daddy. Oh man, I'll give this I'll give this an eight. I really, 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 really enjoyed this. Yeah, there was good. Artwork's amazing. I love the little shout outs. I love do you want to do the ad watch or No no no, go keep going. I I this ad here for the Inhumans TV show, big full page ad, close up of of Lockjaw. Braden, is that your ad watch? Ad watch. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any the fact that that page comes right after Lockjaw gets yield and says woof. And, and then, yeah. boom! Every yeah, boom. Marvel book gets this Lockjaw ad, and no, I was going to say as well, like, nothing has made me want to watch this right. show more than that jolly-ass picture of <laughs> Lockjaw. Yeah, absolutely, ha- I'm on the same page. I'm never going to watch it. Oh, I'm show. never going to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen I w- a single episode, but yeah. now I want to see the Lockjaw bits. If I just want to get, get an edit of all the Lockjaw scenes. Just wait for the YouTube compilation. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> yeah. make one. Some sort of master cut of, like, every Lockjaw scene condensed to an eight-minute YouTube yeah. video. I would watch that YouTube video Probably upwards of one or two times. Oh god, yeah. at least twice. I want to see how he teleports in the show. He doesn't it's, have his little tuning fork on his head. So he, yeah, so he just kind of on his fur. It's kind of like did you ever see the movie Jumper? Yeah, uh, it was a that had with yeah, I saw the one with Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, he, he, hates uh, he hates sand. Yeah, kind of like that. Like it sucks in, kind of thing. Oh, so the air kind of implodes. Yeah, that or it's like a mix between that and if you ever watch Harry Potter when people like teleport in that. Or Who's, like, wait, uh, what one? That one lost me. The like appar- Harry Potter, the, the young wizard boy. Yeah, Books of Magic by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, the Books of Magic. Jackie <laughs> Rowling. You know, Superman Thirty Four and Curious <laughs> Lex Part Two. <laughs> I didn't bring a copy up, but I did read it. Uh, big Harry Potter. Fan. Oh, uh, so who wrote it and drew it? Well, so this one is written by. Um, so this is a really interesting thing about this issue. This one is written by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, and it's drawn by Ed Bennis, Doug Monkey, and Jack Hebert. Whoa! Um, Whoa! I didn't realize. Big I didn't look at interesting the thing is that usually Whoa. Patrick Tomasi writes books, and Patrick Gleason, Peter Tomasi, and then Patrick <laughs> Gleason uh, draws them. He teams up with. To write with Pete. <laughs> okay, I haven't noticed that as much, and then I was really surprised that Gleason didn't do any of the because I got halfway through the issue, and I was like, this doesn't look like Gleason's art, and then I realized that he co-wrote it, and it's all backup artists. Yeah, I think Patrick Gleason, um, I, I don't want to say this as like a, a negative thing about him, but he doesn't draw a lot of stuff like I really like hit. when he does he did the Green Lantern he, oh, cores no. with him and he did no I love his art yeah. but he doesn't draw like super fast he, he doesn't always go long on like a double okay. shipping title sometimes okay. like they'll get fills and stuff I guess like, this is double shipping so that's a weird hmm. thing to have to bear in mind about DC Rebirth books but like when I, I love his art and I I'm super happy to let him take his time with anything that he does but I remember Batman and Robin had a number of fill-in artists every now and mm-hmm. then, and it upset me. But yeah, so this is so a book. He, he ends up writing with Pat a lot. Instead. Trevor, I know you've yeah. been pumped about this. We we all read this. This is a book we've all been reading. But you, I was a couple issues behind. I caught up. This is a book that you've been jazzed about. Tell me about where you're coming from there. Um, you mean Superman as a whole, or coming into this? Uh, well, this particular arc, I know you've been excited about. Uh, I'm particularly excited about this because. I mean, throughout the DC Rebirth, they've had 
they've been portraying Lex Luthor as a superhero. He's going by Superman. He's wearing a Superman. Quote, unquote, superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's saving lives. He's just being a dick about it. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. so with this issue, I was really excited because they tease this whole thing of who's which Superman's going to sit the throne. And in the Dark Side War that happened in New Fifty Two, it was already shown that Lex Luthor like kind of had this whole deal with the people of Apocalypse and kind of became Dark Side. They've shown that he the more he uses his like thing that makes his armor the Mother Box, he becomes more of Dark Side. So I was excited about this because I wanted to see where they were going to take Lex Luthor because I have just the strangest fascination with villains gone heroes. Mm. and if they had a Lex Luthor solo series I would buy it in an instant I I would buy all of it (laughs) like all of it Um, because I've just because of the history that he's had with Superman as an antagonist as a villain all the history together he's a very fascinating character so fascinating like it's just like just like a human like a human being earthling who's just like obsessed with this alien entity that's come to his planet like dealing with that and, like, he is the epitomization of flaws that are inherently human. Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of the the epitome of the idea of an inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. And I think that inferiority, inferiority complex. Inferiority. <laughs> I was trying to make female. a Lex pun, and then I messed up. <laughs> that, no, that was, like that was good. I, I like okay, it. Okay, thanks, yeah. everybody. I, thanks, everyone. I, I loved it. Okay. Was, yeah, well, Brayden, I saw those eyes. Um, but, <laughs> I, I, I do think that he's a particularly a particularly good one to explore because his relationship, like, why is he a bad guy? And they often point to him as being the most intelligent character in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So then, like, why is he a bad guy? So I, I also am with you. I think and, that's a really and interesting... And now it's, why is he a good guy? That he's shown up, he's shown up in so many different other, like, ser- like runs of, like, Titan, or Superboy and Robin, Supergirl, Superwoman, Super Action Sons, Comics, Super Sons... Sorry. Um, yeah, and they just haven't really spent an, like I feel like personally they haven't felt enough time exploring why he's going about this because he's still egotistical. He's still got all these flaws. So now that they actually have him being so in the first issue before this in 33, he gets abducted by Apocalypse. They need him to resolve stuff. Uh, Superman screens his calls. So, super, so Lex is like, I ain't having that. Robots I was really upset kidnapped. about that in the last issue, like that Superman just kind of blew him off, which... Super screening, dude. Like, super screening. Uh, it was frustrating. Um, so in this issue, the super family finds themselves all boom-tubed or teleported to Apocalypse, where Lex Luthor's dealing with everybody trying to get him to take control, get everything under, get everything... Be the new dark side. Be the new dark side. Uh, Lex Luthor is... <laughs> uh, that was a Lexus. Trevor. That was good, buddy. That was good. Um, Listen, wh- what were you saying about like you're gonna court us or whatever? You just got a seat, buddy. <laughs> you, just, you just sealed right. yourself a spot Thank on the podcast. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I was a little worried there. Well, and I was gonna go and I'm glad that worked there because I was gonna say and Lex Luthor responds with Lex Luthor is not the person mm-hmm. you prophesized as being Apocalypse or Dark Side. Um, so he's telling him like, "Yo, it's not me." Like I'm Look, human. I bleed. Yeah, I bleed, which you guys said in in the contract. I can't bleed. <laughs> um, meanwhile, though, uh, Lois is teleported near Granny Goodness and some Furies. She gets taken in, and big worms showing up. I doubt. I doubt this is the debt worm because this is DC. <laughs> not the debt worm. Uh, so it's not here for flesh, uh, but it's here to burn. It's not as bad as the debt worm. <laughs> and it ends up. Lois kind of gets 
somehow wrapped up in being a fury. Yeah, she and proves her metal. She she, pro- she <laughs> proves herself pretty badass. Um, she yeah, I, I love this like strong Lois Lane. You know, every now and then she's fine. She's fine with Superman saving her, but she doesn't really need it. She's this issue. This issue really proved that she's yeah. she doesn't need it really. Yeah, it was a and great Lois like Lane she, issue. It's not because she's got like superpowers or because she's super smart or super like anything it's just because she's got like the willpower to just like do what needs to be done in a given situation and i like think that highlight yeah yeah and she's well quick on her feet issue. yeah mm-hmm. i got two things about this issue give me them um the first thing about this issue uh just piggybacking on what you just said the lex stuff mm-hmm. i think that my read on lex is that he would absolutely lead this race of people to believe that he is their hero except he realizes now that they don't want their hero to leave that planet. Mm -hmm. So now he's like, oh, it's not me. It's Superman. And the only time he's actually paid respect to Superman has been trying to convince this planet that that's their prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, And in doing so, it allows him to go back to Earth and fill Superman's spot. So I think... Do you think he's trying to get Superman to... Take Darkseid's throne so he can be scapegoat, Earth's I, protector. Yeah, yeah. I think, or that the planet won't let Superman leave. Either way, right. it allows He's him to, to go get back get to Superman an out of the picture. Unsuperman yeah, Earth. Yeah, I love that about this. He should, Lex is just manipulating the situation and these people so he can get rid of Superman. So we all finally. got like he was he was manipulating. Yeah. The, okay, because yeah, I, 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 I think because I think this around. is gonna but you know into that new I've, I've, Superman Imperious Rex series or whatever. I still yeah. kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I've got a sliver of hope that he's just like he's not trying to get rid of superman he's just trying to do the right thing and his but own, i'm not sure if that's yeah, i'm not sure if that's I, I think he's trying to get rid of superman yeah i'm with roman yeah <laughs> I, I gotta be it's you know and that's like this keeps going back to the like the like the whole fascination with the villain thing is i it's either he's worming his way out of it and manipulating it and it's just gonna prove who he is in the end or it's gonna be it, this event is going to push him to really reevaluate and like Either it's gonna it's gonna make him draw a line. It's like either gonna be on the side of good or you're gonna be on the side of evil. I don't I like for me it's like I don't want him I personally want him to keep going so they have time to explore more of him as a hero, mm. but I either want him to walk out of this arc going back to being a villain or back to being a mm. hero and I I think there's still a lot of potential being a hero and I hope that like by the end of this run that there's some development with him and more exploration. Yeah, my hope is that he's He's trying to be a hero, and that even even if he is trying to get rid of Superman, it's with like the noblest of intentions. That he's like he thinks he can protect Earth better, and that's what I think Lex Luthor's character is. is I, that's I what I love about Truly, him. think is that he thinks he would be a better Superman. He's so smart. He's so smart. Uh, even as even as a hero, the greatest villain is himself. Still, he's oh, got to get out of his own way. What <laughs> book? Oh, it was Lazaretto. Never mind. The, oh. the quote in Lazaretto this week about it was like they quoted some old philosopher, and it was like the greatest hero. Yeah, Democritus. Like mm-hmm. the greatest hero doesn't rid himself of his flaws, but rid, rid himself of his pleasures. What a great quote. Hmm. Um, my wow. other complaint about this book, or just the other thing I had about this book, walking out of it. You had a complaint about this great book. Whoa, Braden, those <laughs> eyes, man, those eyes. Granny Goodness is still alive in this. We're going to talk about more So I love later. Granny Goodness in it. But I, we know that the whole Miracle I like that in Mr. Miracle she was beheaded, and I like that that's an Elseworlds story so that there actually is still Granny Goodness. It made me confused. Like, Jack Kirby, what was going on in your head when you named Granny Goodness? Like, why is that her name? Because she's so good. I think it was just all that, is she? Like, he learned it at Marvel, I think, all that alliteration. 
Yeah, it's just like I love that she's you know? so not good, but she is good. And I think that a lot of Jack Kirby's ideas are really simplistic in nature. But then upon like a second analysis, there's a whole other side to them. And I, yeah. I, I don't know. That's yeah, because she runs this orphanage and everything, but she's so evil. Yeah. And I took it as like irony. Like, yeah, yeah like, but it's just yeah, like who cool named irony. her Granny Goodness? Yeah, the, like, I, why the irony this? and then the, allur- the, allur- the uh, bleh, alliteration because Stanley always said, you know, you, comics always Clark Kent, you know, mm-hmm. Bruce Banner. You do the alliteration, so not only so Stanley always say, so I can remember what the characters are named, but so people remember the names. Yeah. So I just feel like all of the Granny Goodness Lois stuff. I think it went on a little too long, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that all of the art was far too unfinished. So we have three mm-hmm. artists on this book, and we really can't tell dividing lines between any of them. Mm-hmm. And I prefer, like, if we're going to have a backup yeah. artist, I would I would rather it be, like, clearly this scene yeah. is this artist. Let them all be distinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is all trying to be the same artist. Yeah. And I loved how badass they made Lois. Like, I thought that was so awesome. I love Granny Goodness gives her armor. I love that Granny Goodness in this story and in other stories is, like, kind of morally ambiguous while also obviously being evil. Especially with Miss Miracle as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the Lois stuff was done really well. But I, I think that... It was about 10 pages. I think it could have been it like five pages. Drawn on. And I'm not just saying that because I want more Lex right now because it's yeah. supposed to be a Lex thing. But I did – yeah, I thought that they went too far with the lowest stuff even though it was good. And I I mean I'm just going to say like I love this final image of Granny Goodness saying, remember, family is the most important thing. She's like, you think I don't know that? Um, I'm going to give this book uh, a 6.5. I think that this book had kind of fallen off a little bit, and it was one of my favorite books from the Rebirth uh, relaunch, and Tomasi had stopped writing it for a little bit. I'm really glad he's writing it again. I would like one solid artist on it and to give me like a real unified focus for what's going on in the book. I know that's really hard to do two times a month, so, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'd, oh. I'm i going to go with the six. Um, I thought it was uh, very good, enjoyable, but I... I love Peter Tomasi for, like, getting me back into the Bat family with Batman and Robin New 52, but, like, so much of his stuff is so hit or miss for me lately, and this is definitely a good stretch of his, but I never know if I'm going to jump on to a new arc of whatever he's writing. He can, yeah, he can be really hit or miss, and I do like that. But, yeah. Um, I'll give it a six. I like the lowest stuff. Did go on a little too long. I like the Lex stuff. Like Granny Goodness. I love the story where people are on an alien planet fighting giant worms. Because <laughs> that always reminds me of Dune. So, six. I'm going to go with the 7.5. The lowest stuff did go on for a bit, but I definitely got a lot out of her character that I appreciate. Tomasi's done a really good job like building this family up. Want more? Want more Lex? I want more Lex. Um, <laughs> but, the, yeah, I, I want like a solid artist throughout the issues to stay um but i i enjoyed it it was fun and i like it and i'm i mean i haven't been disappointed with any of the issues that have come out so. oh, i love that cover too I, the cover's great yeah i, I got the other one though i definitely wanted more legs but so i want to do a quick shout out here for black lightning number one by tony isabella and who's the artist and clayton henry is the artist um I'm excited for this just because it's the return of Black Lightning, the classic 70s character by Tony Isabella, who created the character. And it's been however long it's been since 1977, um, since we've had a Black Lightning book done. 30 years. 30, thank you. I, I, I don't math. Um, and this is, it's started off kind of rough. 40 years. 40 years. I don't know. I'm whatever. 
<laughs> Fifteen yeah. years, five say, years. For pointing that out because I was about to pull up the calculator. To do. <laughs> yeah. And see that t- that segues nicely in this because Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, is a teacher. Mm. Uh, which in the beginning of the story, it's Tony. I, I have to apologize. But I have to say. I mean, he drives home the teaching jokes a little too much in the beginning, but uh, the series quickly gets into kind of being a black superhero in an urban setting. He hasn't been around for a while, and people are like. So where have you been? Who are you? What's the deal? He's been teaching. He has some run-ins with, you know, cops that are like, you're a vigilante, you're as bad as they are, put your hands up. And he's like, I just saved you, man. Um, this this looks like it's going to be uh, a fun book to get into. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this. Oh, it has the return of Tobias Whale, the original Tobias Whale, who was basically dc's version like lower grittier version of the kingpin ah cool. oh the whale yeah and there was another tobias whale before this guy that i guess was this guy's like his uh nephew who took his name and everything well this guy's back he killed his nephew for ruining the tobias whale name this so, this is tobias whale yeah this is tobias whale. I, didn't, whale I didn't read this issue but i flipped through it and tobias whale throws a model boat at someone yeah and kills them and i think it's it, I think it's, it's a his sister. It's a wonderful <laughs> panel. I love yeah. it. And I think this woman was his sister because she's lipping off to him and he just clocks her in the, right in the square in the head with this model ship and kills it's her. It's crazy. <laughs> the only model I ever constructed was yeah. a boat. It's the best model boat murder I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And Black Lightning's doing some cool stuff in this with his powers. We haven't seen him do this before. And he mentions that, oh, Cyborg taught me how to do this. Or, oh, oh. Batman you know, gave me some pointers on this. What, Can you mean that sweet, sweet 1 to 10? One to ten, I would I would give it a solid seven point five right Ooh. now. Oh wow! I know what yeah. I'm reading when I get home. Yeah, man. I'm not thrilled with the art, but you know, it's a cool character. Glad to see him back. One of the outsiders, the original outsiders. I'll be teaching Batman as of, from Batman and Batman yeah. and. Though I don't know if they ever existed in the Rebirth universe, well, but they apparently didn't. There, yeah, I think that. Didn't the, they, those two metal prequel issues like sort of allude they, to Batman and his outsider they, buddy? Yeah, they teased the outsiders. Oh, I think they did. In well, at least he's literally everything that's ever happened in the DC universe. That's what enough <laughs> cocaine in DC will do for you. <laughs> I think, yeah, it might have been the casting that they teased, yeah, yeah the outsiders. Um, okay. But I don't remember if I saw Black Lightning part of that. I th- actually, I think he might have been next to Metamorpho, been. Katana. And now Metamorpho's going to be in the, uh, the Terrifics. Oh, I'm so excited for that now. You guys, we got just we gotta we gotta back into that sweet corner as we leave our wonderful listeners here. Oh no, are we uh, done? Listen. We're gonna we're gonna back into the the Batman corner. No, oh, okay. we're on the DC. It's it's you, he's rearing his ugly little bat head. <laughs> and listen, I love the Bat Boy. I'm a huge Bat Boy fan. No, um, no, 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 no. However, he wants to dress, no matter his age. Big proponent of the Bat Boy. Goggles, cloak up, straight up. If it's the National mask. Enquirer or if it's DC Comics. I'm curious about Bat Boy. <laughs> um, we've got two books here. We want to talk about Batman 34 by Tom King and Joel Jones. We also want to talk about Batman the White Knight by Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth on colors. Um, Batman 34 continues the epic of Bruce and Selina going through the desert, venturing towards Talia al Ghul um, for an unknown reason. Um, this is the second issue of this arc. We basically realize that Batman is going there to clear Catwoman's name because mm-hmm. she had been uh, convicted of a crime and when she murdered a whole bunch of people. Turns out somebody else did that, and Selena or er, and Talia Al Ghul knows who that is because they're they're allegedly taking shelter in this yeah. weird place that the UN and the Justice League can't enter. 
So we get this is mostly just Batman and Catwoman running through the desert. They got a whole bunch of the League of Assassins go towards them, and then finally Talia shows up at the end. Uh, I really, really liked this issue. So I much fun. Really liked it. it. Was so much fun. It was um, great. What yeah. I really loved about it is I got like a third of the way through it, and I was like, "Man, Batman and Catwoman, Tom King, like." No one talks like this, but I also like, and that kind of annoyed me. But at the same time, right? I found myself really enjoying it. I was a little, I was a little perturbed. Like Batman just talking to someone who he's in a committed relationship with. Like the way he talks to her, I was like, it was a little weird, but it was also very natural. And you like, know what it reminded me of, though? It reminded me of like a Kevin Smith movie. Mm-hmm. It reminded me yeah. of like Clerks, and sure. it reminded me of being. 80% in love with it and 20% annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. And I found that like that combination is really rewarding for me. And it doesn't have to be something that I just like unequivocally. Yeah. I like that I'm a little bit annoyed by this writer's usage of the word like bat. What do you think, bat? I don't know, cat. Chat. Over and over again. You're so lovely. And it's like, it's... you. Because you you all, you know, like, our, our core Batman is uh, a loner, dark, broody boy. And like, so it feels unnatural to see him like kind of be happy and in love with someone, but it's still written so well, right? Like, how it should be, how it would be if he was. And, and it's so bantery back and forth that part of me is like, "That's not how my Batman would talk." But not then, my Batman. But then I'm like, "Nah, fuck that!" Like, yeah. I've read enough of my Batman. What's this Batman do? So, I really like this issue. I really like the art in it. I think Joella Jones, who is uh, maybe most famous for her work in Lady Killer. Um, Really, really killed it in this. So, yeah, I I loved this. None of my complaints for the last issue she did were present here. I think that Damien and Dick were very uh, oh, differentiated so in their art. Yeah, so big, big ups on this issue. Loved it. That was my favorite part of the issue was, uh, I think, Damien and Dick. and Dick. Because my biggest pet uh, peeve about Damien is when writers write him without any of the character development he's gone through since his inception. And... That bothers me. But this one, he clearly, like, he's still a brat, but he loves his dad, and he respects Dick Grayson. Totally agree. They, and they, they nailed it. Tom King got that dialogue perfectly, I think. Yeah. So much fun. Uh, definitely love the Dick Grayson and Damien stuff. Loved the, um, I don't know if you all enjoyed it as much as I did, but I love when they're fighting the dudes, and Batman's like, oh, my punching's off. They must not have tongues. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. What awesome, like... Yeah, you're right. Batman is the best detective. Great detectiving. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just love the ending, too, because Talia's just whooping on everybody, and, you know, Batman's just laying there with a the sword in him, and Catwoman's got to go grab a sword. She's like, you know, my fiance's got one on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah, she just ripped it out. They've like, been blood flies. so many people with swords already. I'm sure there's some swords lying around. You don't have to pull the. That's what a loving Batman. fiance well, was, does. Yeah, he had to get it out at some point. Yeah, you know? that was the closest sure. one. I Meow. Mean, maybe it had poison. Yeah. Maybe she was worried there was poison on it. Oh. And I do love the fact that Talia kicks Batman's ass. Yeah. And then and then Catwoman's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think Batman got a little too uh, punch hungry and just yeah. went into it, and then and then realized like, oh, he's tiring us out. He's got I, that got punch little, drunk love. I got a little too punch hungry. Um, I think that. This guy is really, really good at making a Batman story super sexy. Mm. And, like, Very I, I don't know. Yeah, it's super sexy and not, like, just, like, here's a bunch of nudity, so it's sexy. It's just, like, their dynamic is really sexy, and I, and I dig that. Uh, makes me makes me feel good while I read it. Um, but at the same time, 
I think it's really cool to read Batman stories in which Batman acts in a way that is not strictly your Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a Batman, and if I were to live the rest of my life, I would just be reading that Batman, and I would never be surprised, and nothing new would ever happen. So it's cool to have writers come along who challenge my view of who who Batman is and then cause me to enjoy it as well. Not those challenging, but I think Tom King has done a good job of making his own unique Batman. That's different than anything. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, Yeah, showing that the relationship, him and Catwoman, that it humanizes him a little bit where he actually does banter a little, which seems odd for Batman, but within that relationship... It I like, works. I like to think Catwoman's just bringing out his best self now that they're in a relationship together. Yeah. His I best like that bat too, self. Trevor. Yeah. I like that too. <laughs> or at least the self that doesn't need to hide behind a bunch of layers of persona. Like or a mask. He's, yeah, he's just... Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that maybe we're finally seeing the most true Bruce Wayne because it's the one that's interacting with the person he actually wants to marry. And that's I, a cool idea. I, yeah, I love that. And I hope that they continue that on... Yeah, it's great. I he, he he outlines his reasoning for being here as like trying to clear Catwoman's name, um, which is fine and ties into his wider story that he's been writing throughout his entire Batman run. I almost wish he had just been coming here to like be, hey Talia, I'm marrying Catwoman. Please don't try and kill her. No, that, and that was like last issue. That's what that was my read on. That's it. that's what I that's what I expected from the last issue and. And it's, I don't want to say disappointing because it makes sense and it's, it's, it's right and fine, but like, I kind of wish that. I feel like we had the same read. Like, I was equal parts happy and disappointed. I was like, oh, there's a reason. But also, of course. The reason in my mind would have just been like, hey, I know you're really possessive and we have a kid together, so I want to bring my new fiance to you and just make sure this is cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to break UN, Justice League Law, whatever. Just, yeah. I just want to, like, Listen, please don't kill my my new wife. Like, yeah, she's, I really like her, and I love our son. I swear to God, he's a great kid. He's you really did a great cool, job even raising him. Though I'm having Dick Grayson raise him. It, <laughs> his combat skills are exceptional. On point. I think he needs a better mom. Yeah, a, way better just mom. A little bit nicer. I don't know mom. that Catwoman is that woman. She's <laughs> but listen. She's, she's still a she's still a bad guy. Yeah. Sometimes. Can yeah, I like yeah. a nice person? No. Of course Do not. Do I like he's, bad people? Yeah, of course not. Yeah. He's 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 damaged. He's is broken. my best friend the Joker? Yeah, perfect <laughs> segue all, into all, Dark Knight. Oh, yes. White Knight too. Oh yeah, but perfect. we gotta get ratings first. Oh, oh right, shit. Perfect segue into ratings. <laughs> I actually give this like uh, a ridiculously high nine point oh. I I I love Joelle Jones' art. I think she does a fantastic job of being very uh, highly detailed in her art. If it's close to the perceived camera, and she does a good job of dropping out of detail um, as it goes further back. That was exemplified in, like, the fighting that was going on. Um, she knows when to use detail and when not to use detail. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, Frank Quitely, my favorite artist, would highly detail all of that, but that means he draws, like, two issues a year. <laughs> she did a really good job of, like, knowing when to use that and not to use that. Uh, super impressed. I think that she should absolutely be on more, at least monthly or maybe bi-monthly books. She's she's doing awesome. So, yeah, I, I give this a... And I, I love the stories. I love... Batman not being hyper serious. It's like Batman mixed with Kevin Smith, but Kevin Smith didn't actually write it. Uh, seven and a half. Seven point five will go. I I'm not super jazzed on a ton of superhero comics right now, but like this one, 
it's very solid. Tom King doesn't always hit out of the park for me, but like, I'm super curious about his take on Batman, and whether that's in an event or not that's happening. He's doing interesting things, and I'm happy to see where it goes. I'll give I'll give it an eight for all the reasons you guys have said. <laughs> <laughs> T. Roddy, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna give it a nine. I. It had me smiling the whole way through. It was so much fun. The writing, it was perfect to me, like the amount of writing as well as art. I just, the the dialogue was different, but I also enjoyed not seeing this broody Batman just kind of like breaking, like letting his walls down for somebody that he really cares about. And then, while also fighting a bunch of tongueless people. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 and it knowing was, they're tongueless. And knowing they're tongueless just by punching them. So, yeah, I, it definitely was just such an enjoyable read and i would love to see this more and more i'm excited for 35 to come out listen guys i know that i talk the most on this podcast and i'm sorry i am so excited about comics and this is where i let it out so i just want to talk so if somebody else doesn't talk a bunch about batman white Knight number two i'm gonna so please (laughs) Please take it from me because I I loved it so 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 much. You know that sound effect that Tim Allen makes in Home Improvement. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, I definitely got that in this issue with some of the surprise surprise twists. Joker's quote unquote cured. Uh, he's uh, he's trying to, he tries to make amends with Harley. That pans out. Um, he starts doing this movement where, like, oh, the gatekeepers of Gotham, the fake news media is fucking you guys over, and everyone's profiting off Batman, and I'm going to profit off that and show you how bad of a guy he is. It's a little ambiguous what his intentions are. It's a little ambiguous on whether there's an actual like problem with this 99% movement and stuff. I'm... I'm I'm kind of confused on how I feel about how that's all being represented. But by the end, uh, Jack Napier, Joker, Joker, what's a good term for redemption? White Knight Joker? White Knight Joker, Galahad redeemed. He, He steals Mad Hatter's hat. Okay, wait, this is awesome how he does this, actually. He steals Mad Hatter's hat. He puts it on Clayface. And then he mind-controls Clayface into dissolving himself into a bunch of small bits of powder that he gets all the other supervillains to drink so that he can mind-control them through Clayface so he can bring down Batman in the end. <laughs> um, that's where it kind of ends off. And holy crap, Like he's that's... not crazy anymore, but he's still super smart. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the payoff for that of how he's going to, like... You know, this isn't illegal that I'm mind controlling a bunch of people. I, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to help do 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 good work. You know, do justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have two moments in this issue that just like really floored me. And the first moment is that we have Jack Napier, who is the Joker, and he's cured now, and he quote unquote, get, quote unquote cured, <laughs> and he leaves prison. He gets a, he, acquitted of all of his charges, and he goes back to his old hideout, and he finds Harley Quinn. And what happens when he finds Harley Quinn is that he kind of wants to apologize and reestablish their relationship on, like, a healthy status quo. And she's like, no, man, what are you talking about? You look like a freak. Put some makeup on. This is crazy. I'm crazy. Harley Quinn. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, please, like, 
I want to like marry you. I am sorry for all the shit I did to you. And she's like, this is stupid. And this is this is Suicide Squad version of Harley Quinn. She's got Suicide Squad Arkham City. The short shorts. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere she gets a big punch in the stomach. And as you turn the page, you realize the old a woman in the old Harley Quinn outfit has showed up. And she just beats the shit out of this new Harley Quinn. Like original Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, let's get out of here. And basically what we learn is that at some point in Joker's relationship with Harley Quinn, at some point in there, before Jason Todd is murdered, Harley Quinn decides that J- Joker is way too obsessed and actually in love with Batman, and she's about to, he's about to murder somebody, so she leaves the relationship and disappears for a while. It doesn't really clarify how long she left, but then another blonde person just shows up and kind of pretends to be Harley Quinn. And joke. she describes Joker as just so narcissistic that and obsessed with Batman that he doesn't realize that it's been two different women. This issue was incredible to me in that regard. And then the other thing that was really great about this issue was just the single page where it cuts out of nowhere to Mr. Freeze looking at his frozen wife in a capsule of ice. Mm-hmm. I think that that was like one of the finest transitions yeah like the dialogue hangs over like where are you taking me from the other page and then the next page just has one box of dialogue and it says home and it cuts to a totally different scene and it's mr freeze very old now banging on the frozen glass of his wife that he kept like i stared at that for a long time yeah no i love that that page and i love mr freeze um i was kind of bothered by how stupid Batgirl seems to be? Barbara seems really <laughs> stupid there. I totally agree with you. Like, it was just so... And I, I can't remember if there's been anything... Was there anything in the first issue with Mr. Freeze going on? I I think in the second... Yeah, in the first issue, I think that he does allude to needing Mr. Freeze. Yeah, to like yeah. help Alfred. Yeah, they mentioned that he's working together with yeah. them. Yeah. So that was cool, but then like... They've got Barbara there too, and she's just like... Oh, but these all oh, these cute little mice. Oh, they're drowning. Oh, it's like it was it was weird. I this this book was a lot of ups and downs for me. I was I'm interested in this direction of like Batman being a bad person that it's taking, but I'm not sure how the book's trying to actually present that side of it, and I'm not sure like how the writer actually feels about certain things that are brought up in the book, and I'm not sure what some of these characters portrayed as they're supposed to be, but fuck, I love those hyenas. <laughs> I love Harley with her hyenas. Again. Oh yeah, it's so great. And, and and yeah, I'd remind myself that this is a different. I don't know if they don't use the term Elseworlds anymore, but this is like an Elseworlds, Gotham Bat universe. And just because Croc looks so much more like a Croc, and he's got. I was asking Jeff about this. There's a little girl hanging out with Croc that I guess is Baby Doll from the cartoon. You said. Maybe oh. yeah, I don't remember the episodes, but uh, but yeah, Croc and Baby Doll is is a story arc. In yeah. the but things series. are different. I mean, Poison Ivy's a little different. Bane's a little different. I don't know who this guy in the gas mask is. Stanley's a little different. Ventriloquist is this is a, like a third version of the ventriloquist, what we haven't seen before. But yeah, I, oh man, the stuff with Harley, the stuff you mentioned with Clayface using, kind of turning Clayface into a drug in yeah. a way, <laughs> weaponizing him For sure. that way, and and the Mister Freeze thing, and there was something where'd it go? Oh, and I love this 
this new little bit here that I don't remember being explored very much oh, in a Batman Adam, comic. Angry Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, angry Bruce because he finds out that some of the other rich folks in town mm. are making money off of real estate by flipping real estate in in parts of the city called Bat Impact Zones, which yeah. the cops have called them Bat Impact Loan Zones, where the real estate drops even more because of these crime zones that Batman cleans up, and then the, these areas receive grants in order to rebuild. And these rich fuckers come in and buy a property real cheap. Then, it, then it's uh, the area is restored, and then flip they flip it. it real quick and make a shitload of money. And Bruce finds out about this; he had no idea, and he's pissed, yeah, rightfully the, so. The, the art the, does a really good job of showing like his face, like as he realizes like this is happening, and like I'm, I really hope this the rest of the series explores more of him kind of breaking down and realizing like is the thing I do like not actually that great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super excited to explore more. Yeah, of that. these repercussions. Plus, they have a panel. Ever since I was a kid, I w- always wished I had the skill to do one of those Batman moves, where without even looking behind you, you you just pivot your elbow and boom, knock somebody out. Someone. <laughs> God, a little more. I love that line. That happens a lot. That does it. <laughs> I think the biggest takeaway I got from this was just the dialogue that he has with the real Harley Quinn at her apartment, and he's asking about like why she left and everything, and just the lead up of like why she's wanting to leave him, and then it goes down to struggle to get your attention is you struggled to get Batman's. And that's when I knew you were in that you were in love. It just wasn't with me. And then that one page, like mm. just so good, so amazing. And yeah. that's, so good. it was incredible. Like just the relationship of her, like just seeing like her, like the expression on her face, but also like seeing Joker in this room. Like, like, I mean, I've known and from reading all the Batman that I've had and all the Batman that Colt and I have, like the obsession that Joker has with Batman, but seeing like this, all this memorabilia and this like fanboy, like status that he has and just like him just breaking down in front of all this stuff. It's I, just I think insane. that like you could remove the one little bit of text from this page and like that single piece of art is the perfect metaphor yeah. for their relationship. Yeah. Like she is looking yeah. incredibly beautiful and sexy on this mm. bed in the other room. Yeah. But her face is sad, and then most of the page is Joker sad in this separate room, mourning over all of his Batman memorabilia. And like, yeah, and I just, I just think that like no. this guy, and so sad. I love the fact that the room she's in, it, that panel is so thin, so constricted. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautifully done. Yeah, no, you're, you're yeah. totally right, Roman. Yeah. Um, Speaking of his memorabilia, really quick, <laughs> if you look on the cover, he's got some board games in his desk drawer. Uh, one of them is Batman Monopoly, which is fine. Uh, another was Batman Poker. We're like, okay, you're a little lazy, but he's also got Batman 50,000, or it's called Gotham 50,000, which I think is supposed to be like a Warhammer 40k <laughs> reference. Oh, really? <laughs> which I think is really great. Also, there's a Batman uh, animated series. That's any Batman Poppy. <laughs> yeah. I would just say that, like, I think Sean Murphy is an incredible artist. And as I was reading this, I was thinking about, like, how does an artist in the profession of comic books try and plan for the future of their life? Like, how do they try and be financially uh, successful for their family and for their children? And I was like, you put out a book like this. Mm, Like, this is a book that will sell as a graphic novel forever. It's like Paul Pope's Batman Year 100 or... Scott Snyder's Batman the Black Mirror. Like, you can write monthly Batman comics, but if you can write an 8 to 12 issue Batman series that stands perfectly on its own, like, that's a paycheck that'll last you for the rest of your life. And I just think that this is 
the best instance of that that I've seen in a really long time. We're two issues in. This could all go to shit, and I don't. I like maybe I'll get disappointed, but like this really impressed me on a like a profound level. Uh, like yeah. I have not read a book, a Batman comic that looked at Batman from this angle and this comprehensively in a very long time. Ooh. I have a question because <laughs> I just noticed this. What was the White Knight logo on the first issue? Did it have Harley's three diamonds right there? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Does that change every issue? I don't know. If so, that would be another awesome touch because I just realized those are Harley's three diamonds that are on her thigh. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't in the first issue. No. So I'm just wondering if it changes. We 9.5. Oh, oh. 9.5 <laughs> small week more than th- two books have been over 8.5 or at least 8.5 in a yeah. okay okay i'm uh, 6.75 <laughs> i'm i'm feeling i'm still in a weird place with this issue like i was with the first i i would give it a an eight um i wasn't really sure where it's going still like yeah like you said is it this a big like joker joke but the harley quinn stuff was so incredible and i really i mean watching the animated series seeing the new harley quinn haven't really been as big of a fan as most people have even the old harley quinn but i mean god damn that was really really good (laughs) like just that whole back like that whole like explanation the dialogue was amazing and just just that like that one page just leading up to that one page was like that could have ended the issue right there for me. And I, man, I feel the same way as Jeff about Harley. Um, yeah, and and you know, it's it's a matter of commerce. We got to have them, but I I hate those freaking daddy's little uh. monster <laughs> shirts. Not the least of which one niggly boy because the uh, there's no apostrophe, so it doesn't actually say what it's supposed to say. Um, <laughs> but but oh man, because Harley should be. I love. The original Harley, the, she's a Warner Brothers character. Right. She's straight out Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, that's no, the way I, she should be. They, I feel like they've undignified yeah, her. Yeah, there's, there's a little hinting kind of joke. We're to talk about more about Harley later. <laughs> I would love to talk more about Harley later. This issue makes me want to get like Harley's like diamonds as a tattoo on my thigh. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> on my hip, yeah. I mean. I'm going to give this a 10. I love Whoa. that. I love it. Yeah. I, I loved it. It uh, yeah, me too. It shook me, me in too. a way that a Batman comic hasn't in a very long yeah. time. Yeah, and and there was stuff. I mean, me. what Brayden said about I'm the Clayface thing. Shaking yet? We'll see. Did you notice the bat symbol in his eye when Harley is getting mad at him with the Robin thing? Whoa! Just, oh, like really great. seeing, Whoa. really seeing like his obsession. Whoa. Like I think that was also like oh what leads gosh. into that obsession too. See, this is the kind of observations oh. that we get from Django. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Well, to no, I did it. Wow, that's he's got the bad eyes. That's, and, and that very much looks like a Bill Sienkiewicz panel in a way. And I think that's the kind of Sienkiewicz. storytelling you get when you're actually dealing with a book that's wow. written by an artist. Like I think that mm. they write visually. And yeah, yeah, because you got one eyes Joker, one eyes Batman. Oh, that's that's sweet. So good. So on that note, guys, Trevor, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Thank you for having me. Oh, Trevor, you'll be here again. Yeah, you, you killed it. This Thank you great. so much. Um, I'm Jeff. I I just I get so excited. I talk too much. <laughs> I'm Braden. I I talked a lot more than I usually do. I feel like on this episode, and I think that's okay. Oh yeah. I think it's really oh please. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's good. Perfectly acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Roman, and I, I I strive to be perfectly acceptable. Uh. I'm Trevor, and I thought I'd feel different after my first time, but feel the same. <laughs> oh, God, man, <laughs> has good or bad? We all.